start the timer. All right, movie listeners. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 96, and we are actually, uh, for the first time ever, we have a timer going because we we want to make sure that you're getting the best value, the best bang for your non-bucks that you put down for this podcast. So when you listen to it, <laughs> we want you to feel like things are moving along at a nice clip, and and we, we want you to know that you can trust us to respect your time. Mm-hmm. We know, we know there is, is a finite amount in each day, yeah. and we don't want to keep throwing you curveballs every every episode. Like, yeah. is this episode going to be 50 minutes? Yep. 150 minutes? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Depends what they're talking about this time. Yeah. But, so, yeah, good th- good to throw that out there early, we're just John. We're aiming for a for a target time. So if we get to a I don't care how interesting the conversation is, Ronald. Mm. If we get to 50 minutes, I don't care what you're saying. I'm just going to cut you off. The podcast <laughs> ends abruptly. You know <laughs> yeah. it's that 50-minute mark on your yeah. little iTunes counter or whatever you're listening to us look, in. Look at us as boxer briefs. We're, yes. we're a perfect blend for some people right. <laughs> of tighty-whities and boxers. Just holding you in place, keeping you right, making you comfortable. Yet, yeah, yet comfortable. Yes. Yet most importantly. Yeah. So episode 96 of Movie Movie. I'm Steve. I'm Ronald. I'm John. And we, we are the movie movie guys. I mean, that's what we are, really. We are the... And this is episode 96 of Ronald. Oh, man. Billboard Ronald. <laughs> what do we got Billboard. for 96? Number 10 is Twisted by uh, Keith Ryan. You know you got... By who? Keith Ryan? Keith Ryan. Keith Ryan. Are you Ronald, making... Ronald, I know we have a timer going, but don't you don't have to yeah, speed things up that much. Tony Keith Braxton. Ryan. I'm sorry. Go, go I'm just saying Keith Ryan. <laughs> Keith Ryan. You're making me hot. Donna Lewis. Uh, I love you always forever. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Crossroads, <laughs> Give Me One Reason, Tracy Chapman. That was in 1996. Man. Holy shit! I thought that was before that. Well, your Fast Car was her first really big hit. But, oh, that was a great song. But yeah, Always Be My Baby, Mariah Carey, Tony Rich Project, Nobody Knows, Celine Dion, Because You Love Me, One Sweet Day, Mariah Carey, Boys to Men. Wow, I love that. Number song. one, Macarena. That's Number so one sad. is Macarena. Yes. Son of a bitch. Son of a- Mariah Carey, two of them. Wow. And she was on her 95 list as well. Yeah. She's, that, that she was, she's she was in her prime right there. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's and not so much anymore, but that, that was those were her years. I, I read a lot recently about that song, All I Want for Christmas is You. And yeah. I've, many people are saying that it's like the last classic Christmas song. Because it was written like 19 years ago. Wow, that's true. And it's the last one that has, like the most recent one that has kind of made it into the the zone of yeah. that's just totally right. Christmas. I would, I would yeah. agree. I've, Never even thought of that, but that's spot on. I don't even really think of anything else in that time frame that I would say it's like a classic Christmas song now. Right. Maybe it takes a while for something to become classic. For um, I can think of one. Santa Claus is Coming to the Ghetto by Dog Pound featuring Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Whatever that song is that like Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands used to sing oh, on yeah. Saturday Night Live. It was a great song. Obvious classic. That was, well, I mean, I, I would say it felt like it's a song that you should play every year at the mm-hmm. very least, you know. But anyway, so yes, this is our this is all, kind of backdoored into the fact that this is also our Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, really, John? Yeah, you had to. Way to screw our timing up by throwing a backdoor joke in there. I know. You know we can't get past that. But uh, this is also not only is it episode ninety six, not only is it our our first episode to feature a timer, but mm. it is, which is a big deal to you <laughs> listeners. And then it's also our first. It's a, it's our second annual, you might say, mm. Bah Humbug celebration. Very exciting. Mm. So it's our it's our it's our Christmas episode, and what we do, the tradition we established last year, is just we're gonna we're gonna take that opportunity to maybe counteract some of the sugary sweetness of the season and talk about the things that bothered us the most 
in 2013, as opposed to all those other times where we refrain from talking about things that bother us. <laughs> We're always mm. so positive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, let's get ahead of the let's get ahead of the game here. And in a few weeks, we'll obviously be talking about some of our favorite things of the year, yeah. film wise. Mm. Let's just get out of this way, get this out of the way, and uh, go <laughs> go through what we hated this year. Clear yeah. it out. I think last time we described it uh, as being like popping a zit. Right mm. now, it's all coming out. All the nasties coming out. I want to give you guys a little reminder of what what last year's humbugs were. Mm. Okay. Last year, I came out really strong against bad makeup. In yeah. performances, yeah, uh, or particularly performances that would be better if they weren't hiding behind layers of terrible latex. Um, I also got mad at other people at the movies last year. Yeah, mm. and mm. then I was I had uh, some harsh words for Prometheus's script as well. Gotcha. Steve <laughs> was no fan of Renez May, the fake CGI baby from the Twilight <laughs> films. He uh, he had a nemesis. In, in a guy that he named Percy after Percy Whitmore? What's his name? Percy... <laughs> Green Mile. What's, is that, is that I, I don't even know the last name. But the character of Percy, yeah. who was such an asshole in the film that you... The absolute yeah, you, dick in the movie. Yeah, so you thought that was the perfect name for this dick that uh, was that you ran into at a couple of different film screenings. One, he was talking throughout the movie, and another time he was really rude, and what, he threw your stuff he on the floor? He threw my stuff on the floor. <laughs> what a dick. Note it, though, I have not seen him at right. all in 2013. He may have died. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. We kind of hoped that we, last we year. Wished. I think we actually wished. I think I got wish. my Christmas wish last year. <laughs> we, <laughs> just did, we wished death on him. So. And then also Steve uh, was was bummed out about films that had been delayed for reasons that he felt were not always valid, right. uh, such as Gangster Squad and I think The Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah. Ronald uh, didn't like Adam Sandler's films. Oh, man. And didn't like the fact that he's, he's allowed to continue making films. Ronald also thought that there were a lot of unnecessary sequels going around, which right. has changed oh, yeah. Ronald. There's none. There's none of that this you year. Stop that! <laughs> and also, Ronald, I thought you actually came out a little hard against Mark Webb. Oh yeah, you called him a turd. <laughs> Fuck, man, I did go a little hard on him. Speaking of, did you see the trailer for the new one? Was the, Spider- the 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 Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man Two? Two. Yeah. Sorry. It looks more. Like, You're more very t- much more excited, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no. God damn it, man. It, I don't know. I like him in Spider-Man. I don't like the fucking movies. Like, they just look... This just looks... I think you can't put that many villains in a movie and expect it to be good again. Yeah, I, I, I'm i interested to see what, what plays yeah. out, but I, I generally well. agree with that. Maybe they'll do it well. I think they can, but not if they have to take the tack of, like, introducing, setting up, showing the origin, all that stuff. If you could just have Spider-Man at different points... Sh- fighting these different villains and they're in there for a scene or something sure. that would be kind of cool isn't yeah. this but they never do it that way they always try to build them up and try to turn it into these villains are teaming up and yeah. I think that's what they're building towards in this this set of Spider-Man films is like a a, a team of bad guys yeah. that they're but as, yeah I mean I haven't I never saw the first and Amazing Spider-Man so based on the ultimate Spider-Man or something like that like the Rhino being a android thing or my impression is that they've kind of picked some elements from the ultimate stuff and some mm-hmm. from the main Marvel Universe, but I don't know. I don't know the. I mean, I don't know Spider Man's storyline well enough, or what they did in the the first movie well enough to know. But yeah. uh, I mean, I'm you know, I, I probably will end up seeing those films at some point. Oh yeah, I want to. Um, and I think you know, it's interesting to picture what Jamie Foxx might be doing in that role. But it his performance in the trailer just reminds me a lot of Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman Forever. Yeah, oh. and and that's not really like a good sign. <laughs> it felt more like Mister Freeze a little bit. Yeah, he kind of looks. Like, well, he kind of looks like. Looks like him. But I mean, that type of like, it looks like he's really overacting. Like, I mean, it really looks like he's doing it. Yeah, doing it up, you know, comic book style. Yeah, hopefully it's not terrible. But it does not look. 
It doesn't look great. I mean, no. if, whatever. I don't know. I would imagine if someone saw the first one and they saw this trailer, they might say, oh, that looks about the, the book's about as good. Mm-hmm. But, well, zero excitement on my end. Zero, yeah. So. All right. Now that that's out of the way. Now that's out of the way. Who wants to take it off? Um, I'll do, I'll go first. You'll go first? There you go. Man, <laughs> mine was a, a one movie, one movie that just looked good. We saw it, and then once it once the storyline unfolded, I just was like, "What the fuck is happening in this movie?" And as now you see me, humbug, bah humbug. What was that movie exactly? It felt it felt so good in the beginning. I loved the magicians and the trickery, and they could be stealing money, and it just turned into this really watered down, shitty oversimplified i don't know what it became in the end but the reason why i, br- I bring this movie up as as it won at one of my selections is that i really had high hopes for it i believe in in jesse eisenberg and alan fisher and a lot of the other people um but it was something about the, this could have been such a good movie and it just it went from a movie that i knew i would have had in some capacity paid for to a movie that if it comes on, I might watch it, mm-hmm. and that was that was a little disappointing. I had high hopes, so I guess I never had really high hopes for that one. But I, it didn't. It, I'd never heard anything too good about it once yeah. it came out. But well, it did, good it did. news, they're making a sequel. Oh, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Duh. Maybe it'll be better. It. it I think. I mean, we saw this together. I wasn't a fan either, but it's weird because the movie was a really big hit. Was it? Yeah, it made like yeah. over hundred million dollars. It was a huge hit. Did it come out at one of those weird times where there's just not a lot? I think it just came out like in the early part of the summer. I don't really remember the exact date. I want to say it was in like May or June. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember us talking about it after we saw it, and it it was like some it just did not connect yeah. at all. And uh, then like months later, it's like it's actually like if you look at the summer, it's one of the like sleeper hits of the summer. Wow. And the sequel's on its way, so you'll be sure to see that one. Yeah, sure. Uh, my my first candidate for my Bah Humbug of 2013. I want to get out there and get this out early in case any of you bastards try to steal it from me. I don't know if you feel the same way I do about this, but I am absolutely done with the 3D format. Mm. I have seen one film this year that I will give any kind of positive note towards with 3D, and that's Gravity. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every other movie, um, if, if I have an option not to see it in 3D, I absolutely do not. I mean, like I, I hate wearing the glasses. One of the biggest things that bothers me is that a lot of these films, especially the ones that are done 3D in post-production... Um, that are actually not shot in 3D. Mm-hmm. The glasses and the the tint of the glasses, it makes the film look so much darker to me. It does. And it really bothers me, especially in films that are really bright and exciting. It just like feels like it's watered down in some way. But I mean, basically, every movie that's coming out in the summer, you basically can assume it's going to be in 3D, all these big tentpole releases. You know, movies like Man of Steel, Iron Man, World War Z, uh, Smurfs 2... Uh, Wolverine, I didn't see any of them in 3D, and that was my decision not to, mm-hmm. because I'm not paying extra for it, because I don't think it adds anything to the movie. Um, the only one I saw in 3D, really, that I enjoyed was, like I said, Gravity, because of what I'd heard about it, and because of the technical marvel that it is, it's a movie that you need to see in 3D, I think. Um, that's that, the That almost felt like a movie you would go down to the Science Center to see, where you would, tr- you know, the 3D is totally. part of the presentation kind of thing, you know? like Absolutely. But no, I, I'm trying to think if I saw anything this year that where the 3D was really effective, and I mean, it, nothing is coming to me. The only other movie I remember last year, uh, oddly enough, Prometheus, was one where I felt like it was lit according to the th- like it, the 3D didn't it, 
the 3D did make it murkier, but it was lit in a way that it, it didn't ruin it. Like it was like they compensated in the lighting and okay. the way everything was corrected to to make it still look bright. Or the murkiness was part of the effect. And also Prometheus used 3D to create more a sense of atmosphere rather than to have like stuff jumping out at the camera. In that sense, I thought it was pretty cool. But I would agree in the sense that even that, if I hadn't seen it in 3D, I it it wouldn't. It's like I can agree that it was done well, right. but it didn't really add any value to the movie. More yeah. so often, more often than not, if I see a movie in 3D it's because it's playing on the biggest screen in that's 3D it. and that's why I'll go there that's like, it and I mean that's the catch is that I think studios are trying to get people to see 3D because they're selling it as an experience but in reality they're really just trying to get us to the theater so that you don't watch this movie on your smartphone or on your computer or at home you know they're selling this experience and that it you know it's needed for like certain special effects to look right mm-hmm. or or the depth of an environment or whatever but really it's just a reason to uh, to bump up a ticket price, but it's got such a bad rap that I wonder if it's if it's not working for them. You know, because I do think more people say what you're saying, and I feel the same way. Yeah. Generally, I don't seek it out. I kind of am annoyed when, even if I'm not as annoyed when I go to the theater and I realize I'm going to see a 3D movie, right. I'm annoyed when I read about a movie being made and they talk about it being in 3D. That's when I become annoyed. Where I'm just like, really, why everything now? And yeah. you know, like every one of those big uh, tentpole movies we've talked about that's coming out in, in 2015, you know, every one of those is going to come out in 3D. No doubt, and, yeah. and 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 ninety percent of them, there will be no reason for it needing to be in three D, and it will probably hurt the look of the film because of all the darkness issues and stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, bah humbug the three D. All right, I'm with you. Actually, I'm gl- you. You kind of took one off my list. Good, so that's good. good. So we get another one in there. Yeah, another one in there. Um, th- I actually have one that's kind of heavy, and it's the only one that I have that's an actual. I wonder if bah humbug is a strong enough term for this, uh, but I'll I'll use it anyway. Just. The, and I mentioned it to you guys last week in passing, the, uh, the article that ran in The Hollywood Reporter by Gary Baum called Animals Were Harmed, oh, right, right, right. which is an expose, I mean, a pretty <coughs> a, a, a scathing story uh, that cracks open all this corruption in the American Humane Association who, you know, if you've ever watched a movie all the way to the end, you've seen the little tag that says American Humane Association. It's got their little logo right. and says... Uh, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. And then a few years ago, I noticed a different one popping up that says all animal action was monitored by the American Humane Association. And I always wondered, what does that mean? Is that just a new wording? Or is that, you know, and I found out from this article that that actually does mean a different thing. Like, when they say no animals were harmed in the making of this film, they are saying no animals were harmed while the cameras were rolling. So the controlled animal action that's part of the movie did not hurt any animals. Right. They're not saying that nothing happened to the animals other at other times. Like on the set or something. And then when they don't feel that they can say no animals were harmed in the making of this film, that is when they say uh, that it was, all animal action was monitored by the AHA. The reason why that's such a problem is because that stamp of approval has always been to me, when I'm watching a movie and I see you know, a horse roll down a hill and I'm wondering, oh my God, what did they do to that poor horse? I always think, well, there's no way you can get away with it. Uh, you know, they had to find some way to, that horse is a stunt horse. He knew what he was doing or he, right. he knew how to roll or they were doing it, did it in a way that looks bad on film, but that in reality it was very safe. But when you find out that that, that little tag, that message at the end doesn't really mean anything, it just makes you question every movie you've ever seen where you wondered how they didn't did hurt yeah. the animal. Um, it's just some of the examples real quick to, to rattle them off. There was uh, the three horses that died on the HBO series Luck that actually were part of the reason why that show yeah. stopped uh, production. There's 
a dog that was beaten by the, a trainer on the set of uh, Eight Below on The Hobbit when they were in a halt in filming. When one of their multiple times that that production broke down, there were some animals that were that were basically kept in a pen and on a facility that wasn't being maintained. And in the mm. course, I think up, I read somewhere that upwards of seventeen animals, something like that, were were you know just died due to mistreatment and malnutrition. Wow. Um, and that was not part. That was not considered as something that the AHA should have monitored because it happened when the production was shut down. You know, it mm. didn't happen while, not even while cameras were rolling, but while the production was going. And there's one quote from Candy Spelling, who is a, a who's on the AHA board. The story has a lot of people talking about this stuff. There's not a lot of people obviously speaking on behalf of on behalf of the AHA about it. But there is a quote from someone who's actually on the board who says, "I think what people think it means is that when a horse dies in the movies, it didn't really die. So clearly, they're sort of willfully deluding themselves." about what that means to people when they see right. that at the end of a film. Mm. So even though I like, I feel like it's a little too lighthearted to come back and say bah humbug, I want to say bah humbug, American Yeah, I need Humanity to read this. Yeah, you mentioned this to me before, yeah. and I haven't sought it out, so we need to post it on the site or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's called Animals Were Harmed, and it is, I mean, it's a really long, involved article. I read okay. it in a couple of sittings, but way too much information to really share in this context. Yeah. Stuntmen have a choice, but stunt horses don't, so yeah. it's pretty, pretty heartbreaking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bah humbug. That's a sad one. Yeah. Come up with something light and frothy, Ronald. Um, <laughs> this is kind of heavy, too, but end of the world fucking movies, man. You're tired of them? Sick of them. Fucking This is the End. Great movie. World War Z. Bah. Yeah. And every other fucking movie that came out. What about this, The World's End? The World's End. See, I didn't see that yet. Oh, okay. But still, I'm sick of the subject. It's, it's still now. The World is Ending the, in the yeah, title. Yeah, The World is Ending, and it was like a heavy-duty subject in, in TV shows and everything. It's just, get over it. Fucking get over it. Stop making shit about that. Do something else. I don't know. It's annoying to me, man. Well, I, I mean, what what is it that's get that gets you? I mean, don't do you see it as like material? No, I mean, like it, it's, it's, it's a good place of mind material. It's a though. great thing, but why why this year where there's oh, so oh many you just things? specifically yeah, you specific, felt like it was over overwhelming. Yeah, no, nah, I don't I don't mind watching the yeah. end of the world movie every once in a while, every couple of years, but it seemed like to, this year was like heavy duty into that sort of. Do you do you not like the constant reminder that the world might end? No, it's not that. It's not that. It's <laughs> I know like, you're having this existential um, <laughs> yeah. Issue yeah, we talked year. about that last right, week. Yeah, right. and every episode for the past three or four times we've been discussing Ronald's current state. Wow. Is the end of the world, like, is it, are, do you feel overwhelmed, like you just can't handle this kind of thing? No, I, I think maybe it. we should start filtering the movies that we let Ronald see. Yeah. Right. No we more need, sci-fi, Ronald. Yeah. It's poison in my Ever mind. Ever since you learned about sci-fi, <laughs> yeah. it's been all downhill. <laughs> newfound genre. God damn it, Tom Cruise and Oblivion. <laughs> do you see what you've done to our good friend Ronald? You've ruined me. Ronald hasn't been sleeping well lately. No. He's been tossing and I haven't turning. been sleeping at all. He's been acting out. Have you noticed that? He's been acting Absolutely. out. Because of goddamn end of the world movies. <laughs> is there one that was like the breaking point for you? Or is it just when you look... Is it is it kind of like the 3D thing we were talking about when you just hear that one of these movies is being yeah. made you kind of roll your eyes all I the way think, back in I your think head? the world's end did it for me. Like somebody asked me to see it. It was like... Uh, I was talking to Robbie, mm -hmm. and Robbie was like, you got to see The World's End. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, how many of these have I seen this year? I watched right. Oblivion. I watched mm -hmm. uh, so many of these movies. And Thor was about the end of the world. Everything was about the end of the world. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I'm sick of it. Is there a higher stake, though? Is there a higher stake? That's the problem, is that once you've gone there, you can't get higher. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? You have yeah. to keep yeah. saying, now the world's <laughs> really going to end. You know? The galaxy the ga is going to end. <laughs> Destroy. But that has that's, where, that's where Thor took <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> You're right. 
Thor's like, Ronald thinks he's tired of these films, so what we're going to do, we're going to take it to the galaxy. Nine realms. Fuck the world. Nine Nine realms realms are going to (laughs) end. The galaxy. No, I, you know, it reminds me of the on twenty four the way that like the first couple of seasons, like the first right. season, it was a very personal story where this guy had to get out of this fix and he had to save his family. Mm. The second movie was a little bit more global, and then they kept trying to make it more and more global, and it got to the point where it was just too absurd, you know. Right, right, right. So I, I know what you mean. It's like they do kind of take it there. It, it's like a few years ago when every movie had to show some national monument being blown up. These yeah. things happen it's in like cycles. A thing. It's like and a now big it's, yeah. thing. I got tired, <laughs> and also that narration thing when. And that was the day the world ended. My yeah. cousin and I, we live in a shack. Like, how many fucking times can you do that, man? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. But would you be okay with it if Morgan Freeman did all the narration? I would. <laughs> I would. If it was about him and his old wrinkly cousin living in a shack together. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buying a ticket for that, too. All <laughs> that about it. Him in, in oblivion with those fucking weird glasses. Goggles. <laughs> Those goggle glasses he had. I love how much we talk about Oblivion. (laughs) Oblivion obviously needs to make one of our best of lists this year. It has to. It has to be on all of our lists because it changed Ronald's perception of reality in terms of this genre known as sci-fi. The door just opened. It did, man. Maybe that's the reason you're having this crisis right now. Do you say Oblivion or Oblivion? Oblivion. I like Oblivion. the idea of saying like Oblivion. Oblivion. Like it's like an Irish last <laughs> name. Oblivion. Oh. Oblivion. It's Danny Oblivion. <laughs> Oblivion. Uh, Christ, we got. Oh, no, it's Oblivion. funny. I made the list. I was working on my year-end list. I was trying to put things in order, and I got. I, mi- I must have listed like thirty-five movies. I didn't even put Oblivion. I had forgotten. God damn you, John! So I'm gonna go ahead now. Now everything's thrown out of whack. You got to put Oblivion on there. Right. <laughs> oh, it's old Tommy Oblivion. Oh, Tommy Oblivion. Oh, Oblivion. <laughs> All right. Uh... My second pick is that I'm going to dip a little bit into TV for a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only because we've mentioned, I know one of these shows before, but um, basically my bah humbug is towards how to end a show properly oh, and knowing when to end it. Yeah. Um, oh, I have two big issues this year with shows that I at one point loved. Um, you talk about a show like Breaking Bad that ended, we all love that show and it ended, I think most people would agree, phenomenally. Yeah. Um, or at least it ended really well, yeah. which is phenomenal. You On know? the like, positive side of whatever scale yeah. you want to build, Breaking right. Bad is far down it the line. It didn't screw anything up. Right. Yeah. So two shows this year. One ended. One is going into its final season next year. Uh, those being Dexter and uh, Sons of Anarchy, which... Uh, oh, Sons of Anarchy is going down. I watched a couple episodes this season. I didn't... I heard about what happened... The season the finale. One, not before the season finale. Oh, okay. The other big thing. They're having okay. a length issue too, aren't they? They, they, they need to set yeah, up a they timer cut, they on sh- their episodes. That That's the, that's the uh, product of a network not having evening programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, FX, really? like the fact that the season finale of Sons of Anarchy can be an hour and 20 minutes mm-hmm. is, re- I mean, that's it's, crazy. It's I mean, especially because this season, for, for the most part, in my opinion, was horrible. But basically, my, my, my gripe is with... Um, I guess I, I guess you want to say showrunners, creators, executive producer, whoever the one calling the shot is, uh, or shots are. I think the big issue is knowing when to end a show. Like I know that you're going to keep selling ads, you're going to keep getting subscribers, whether you're a cable network or network TV. But so many fans are so invested in these characters and these episodes that they've watched. In some cases, 60, 70, 80 episodes of your series. And to let it all come down on a 10-episode season that is the worst of anything that you've done, specifically mm-hmm. with Dexter, and to end 
probably one of the worst season series finales I've ever experienced. And I'm looking at many TV critics lists, and it seems like I'm not a professional in the TV realm by any means, but a lot of people agree with that comment. Um, it really pissed me off how poorly Dexter was ended. And I know you at one point were in the Dexter, and you you watched the way. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. And I mean, fucking terrible, terrible right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it wasn't just it wasn't just the last. Everybody talks about the last thirty seconds. It oh, wasn't no. about that. It was oh, about no. the shit show that was the last, the last four or five episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, you, it got yeah. Terrible. Where so. you'd expect it to ramp up towards the end and maybe salvage itself at some point, it never did. Yeah. And and what 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 pisses me off too about Sons of Anarchy is that this is its I think sixth season and there was one more season left next year. Um, it, it's I it's going down that same road and oh. it makes me so mad because so many really really well done episodes of this show, um, especially being on like a, a network like FX, um, I just don't know what the, what they're what's happening. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a creator that doesn't know how to end it or doesn't want to kill off his wife, who you know in this case Katie Seagal is Kurt Sutter's wife in real life and he play she plays a, a lead in the show. It just seems like so many exceptions are being made for characters. Characters being introduced that have no play or don't even really need to be yeah. talked about. Same thing happened in Dexter. You know, they're basically funneling all these things into a, you know, basically into a little hole mm-hmm. just because they want to get more characters introduced or they want to make the world bigger again or whatever yeah. it is. But it you, just, get, you get on to me for talking about backdooring things, and now you're talking about funneling everything into a little hole. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes a funnel, John. This is the nastiest episode we've ever done. It is. Bah yeah. humbug. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just an overall frustration, I feel like. These are two shows that at one point I really, really loved, mm-hmm. and it really makes me pissed off that you know going into the final season of Sons of Anarchy, I have nothing but just hatred for the way that this show has gone. Mm. Even towards the end of last season, um, but this season especially, I mean, not to spoil anything, but, you know, the way that this show kills off lead actors and lead actresses and just major characters usually carry a lot of weight, and it's done a lot more, uh, I guess, maybe, I want the word is tenderly, mm-hmm. because you really have a connection with some of these characters. Specifically in season five, when they killed, for anybody watching this series, when they killed off Opie, mm-hmm. the, one of the main characters, Devastating, like absolutely devastating to a viewer and to the main characters in the film. Huge in the, moment. In a series. A huge this show. this season, the, the the kills that happened, the, the two main ones, they happened. That's really it. I mean, like it didn't really carry much weight. It really pissed me off the way they handled it. And it makes me really upset to, to, to feel like going into the last se- season of this show that I, at one point I loved, I'm going to probably be pretty much feeling the same way I felt when I watched Dexter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how I need to word this, but... To the series, creators, showrunners, producers, whatever you are, if you have a good thing, for the fans' sake, please know when to end it. Yeah. Please know when to not continue to milk it for the ads or, I, I don't know, money rules, everything. But, yeah. you know, if this is a property that you've you've cultivated over the years, give it some goddamn do. You know, mm-hmm. like, let it end the way that the fans would appreciate it, not with Dexter sitting in a lumber town with a fucking beard. Well, so, but do you think they don't know that they're doing... I mean, I wonder if, like, Kurt Sutter... Right. Does he know that he's gone off the rails in that way? I think he has to... No. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's completely oblivious yeah. to people's feedback. I mean, like, there's there's people, I'm sure, that are involved in, in the way these shows are produced that have to have a say that he has to listen to, mm-hmm. whether he decides to take their advice... I mean, unless everybody just kisses these people's ass, I mean, maybe that's what happens at a network. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, if you read critic critic reviews, I mean, like, just just like movie reviews come out and filmmakers may not pay a lot of attention to them because it's all after the fact. Yeah. A TV series is happening through a season. Like, they're not always shot 
mm-hmm. all the way up front in the season. Some of them are produced throughout a TV series, uh, throughout the television season. And, you know, to be able to get feedback live as it's airing, you know, and to have, like, especially in the world of social media. Even if they're finishing whole seasons, they still have that feedback before the next season. Absolutely. You know? so it's... Absolutely. And but... that happened with Dexter, you know, like season yeah. seven or whatever was before this last one was not a good season either. And, I mean, they didn't do anything to remedy that or, mm-hmm. or to really fix that. And, I mean, when you have an end date, you know, like like Suns does now, it, next season's the last season, you know. Or like Californication is another show that I really like. Next season is the last season. I mean, the series has kind of slowed down and it's gone downhill over the years. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know if the networks just don't have shows to take their place, which I'm sure is a huge factor. So they continue to milk the properties that are the cash cows. But well, I mean, yeah, in they the find end, different ways of doing the milking. Like AMC broke break, Breaking Bad yep. last season into two seasons. They're doing the same thing with Mad Men. They did the same thing with Walking Dead. They did the yeah. same thing with Arrow on CW, which mm-hmm. I really like that TV. That That's a whole different thing yeah. is the break. But you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what it comes down to is like, we don't have all their programming, so let's have another season of Dexter. Yeah. Let's have another season. And you'd of... like to think it's about the storytelling. I I, I wish, but yeah. oftentimes you yeah. Even with something like Mad Men, Mad Men. Huh? Why did I emphasize that? <laughs> <laughs> Mad Men. Mad Men. Mad Men. <laughs> Men. Mad Men. Uh, even with something like that, um, Mad Men. That there is a uh, there is that it's strange to think that the creator would would agree to yeah. having it broken up that way. But yeah, when I heard that like the episodes of Sons of Anarchy were running as long as they were, they said, that just sounds crazy, but it didn't occur to me, yeah, that it is like lack of programming. Why else would you do that? Yeah. You don't yeah. have a show that's following this. Absolutely. That's, you know. that's it. That's it. Yeah. You let it go to the next half an hour or next hour, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it ends up Then the night is over for that programming. Yeah. Like, yes, there's nothing else to yeah, you, Your Bahumbug is like the flip side of my being thankful for things that end well. So your Bahumbug <laughs> is like the ugly yeah. underbelly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's the dark side. Yeah, But yeah, Bahumbug to you. TV right. series. TV that, series that keep going. Yeah, that's it. Like, there's probably like a master list to be made of shows that went on well beyond their 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 prime. Mm-hmm. And I think most successful shows have the ability to do that because television is designed to keep yeah. a status quo rolling and, instead of telling a story. Yeah. Well, I have uh, from from uh, from animal cruelty to something a little bit a little bit lighter, but still a very serious issue that I don't know if there's any answer to it. Is uh, one of the things I did not like about going to the movies this year. Was my own bladder. <laughs> you're getting older, John. The same way that you know, there's that scene in Empire Strikes Back where Luke's on Dagobah and he goes into the cave. He's about to go into that. There's like a, a haunted Force cave, and Yoda and Luke wants to take his lightsaber in with him, and Yoda tells him, "No." <laughs> That's good. You're, you're, oh, whatever he says. <laughs> you will only have what you take in with you, kind of thing. You know, he uh. takes in the lightsaber, and because he takes in the lightsaber when he experiences the vision, there's actually like his vision has a lightsaber too. So it's like if he didn't take the lightsaber, you don't know what he would have seen. I don't know if I could leave my bladder at home. I'll never know what it's like to to. Uh, that was a strange analogy. I'll, <laughs> I'll never know what it's like to not have my bladder with me though, and it creates nervousness when I see a movie before a movie. You know, when you're like excited to do something, sometimes you need to pee, and yeah. then you need to pee again like five minutes later, I hate and then that. pee again five minutes later. So I'll go to the bathroom. And I'll try to like I've tried everything. I've tried like drinking a lot of water and then holding it until right before the movie because I feel like well then it's going to be great, but that hasn't worked. And and even when it works, I feel like I'm conscious of it. It it ruins my experience of the movie when I'm sitting here nervously like checking, you know, doing the mental check on like the bladder pressure and going like, is it time yet? I want to enjoy this beverage. I want to enjoy this movie. I want it all to be timed well. Right. But it takes me out of it. And I sit there sometimes during a movie, the last whole third of it, even if I don't really need to pee, wondering like, is there going to be a good, should, should I go now? This, this seems boring. Point. Should yeah. I just go even though I don't really think I need to? 
So I don't know what can be done about it. And then, of course, then you go and you, you think about what this means and you hear about like more frequent urination. A lot of it has to do with like all these prostate problems that we <laughs> men can look forward to. Yeah. So then I start thinking about my own mortality. Oh, man. It's snowball. Yeah, I'm trying to watch a light, frothy picture like Prisoners. And all yeah. I can think about the whole time is, am I going to have to take a pee break during this, during this movie? Um, I don't know what can be done, guys, except they, death. They do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the logical next That's step. That's the only That's um, I think they do make adult diapers. I'm not there yet. Yeah, you know what that is? It's not so much that I'm not old enough to wear the diaper. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not there in my mind. I'm not ready to make that decision that I'm going to walk around making sloshing noises potentially. Because also, pro- probably that would be too appealing. I would just be like, well, now I never need to go to the All diaper the again. time. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to get job for Christmas. Like you know, has, Steve told us uh, uh, in between podcasts that when he looks off into the distance, it means that we're rambling. If I look off into the distance, it you means that I'm peeing in my pants <laughs> right, right at that moment. No, but this goes hand in hand with all the little discomforts. You know, like I was thinking about the same thing happened the other night when I went to go see um, uh, Nebraska. I, my Coke was flat. Oh, and I knew it within like one, I knew it within like one minute of the movie starting that the Coke was flat and there wasn't enough ice in it to make it really even cold beyond that. And it that was just terrible. I, but I mean, I was enjoying Nebraska, but I spent the first 30 minutes sitting there going, damn, this drink. So I don't know. Maybe Did it's, it where it's not just my it? bladder. Uh, the Charles. Yeah. Sometimes they. They got shitty. They got they have, flat. So yeah. I actually I'm thought I'm gonna. I actually thought I'm gonna complain I about love it. That place. And 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 then I thought they don't care. <laughs> so no. I didn't, don't I care didn't care say about, anything. They don't care about anything. You know what's crazy? The <laughs> greatest. The greatest employees ever. Yeah. You're gonna be telling a hipster yeah. somebody who doesn't give a fuck about much anyway. Yeah. About something that they don't give a no, fuck. No, the is much better. Well, I'm like I'm like a I'm like a I'm sort of a needlessly cheerful person at times, and I'm always like, hey, thanks, all right, buddy. You know, when they're like. Theater three in the middle. It's like, and I'm they're going, all right, sir, thanks. You know, I've never gotten a smile from the people at the Charles. But no, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's just physical, being aware of the things around you physically. I mean, obviously we hate when people behind us are talking or when there's something like shaking the row of seats, but yeah. between my bladder and then the beverage, a flat beverage, I mean, that was a really no-win situation. That's a lose, lose, because I was sitting here thinking, I'm going to have to pee and I'm going to be thinking about that during this movie and it wasn't even worth it. The, I, can't even, I shouldn't even make room for this drink. Yeah, but I'm going like to shit. because I paid $4 for it. <laughs> yeah. That is a good bah humbug. So yeah, bah humbug, my bladder. That's a good one. Get with the game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ronald. My third and final one is half-ass comic book movies, man. <laughs> this, half-ass. This, half-ass. This shitty half-assed... All right, so I'm going to rattle off a list of ones that came out this year that I think are perfectly b- below average. Okay. <laughs> that use half of an ass yes. like one big butt cheek or maybe even not even a full cheek just a caved in like the right <laughs> cheek is just a very caved in a wizened uh, partial yeah, raisin very... cheek um man the first that i'm gonna say is kick ass too the more i think about it the less i liked it should have you know? been called half ass too yeah it was it was not as good as i, I thought it was okay before but it, it was the thing that you you try not to you commit to something you're like ah oh, i really didn't like that shit and i'm just Lying to myself. Thor 2. You never lied to yourself about that one, though. Fuck that movie. Red 2. Oh, good. Can I just say I've been waiting for another round of fuck that movie? <laughs> it happened, I think it might have been last last year's Bah Humbug episode where you were rattling off sequels and you were going down the list and you said, fuck that movie. And I've been, I love this. This is my favorite Ronald feature. Uh, Thor 2. Fuck that movie. Thank you. Red 2. Fuck that movie. Yes, sir. Iron Man fucking 3. Fuck that movie. I'll fuck that movie three times. Agreed. God, man. And my last one, that drove me crazy when I saw it. God damn it. I wanted to fucking punch myself in the stomach and kill, 
fucking fucking lobotomize myself. The Wolverine. Thank you, Ronald Fuck James. Fuck you in that fucking movie. How dare you? How dare you represent X-Men? Fuck mm-hmm. you. Fuck that fucking movie. That was terrible. That's the best way to put it. God, that movie was terrible, man. I remember just being kind of thinking it was so mediocre, but maybe it that was, is sort of terrible. It was so you know? terrible. Yeah, it was like the perfect amount of uncanny X-Men, more like uncanny bow. Uh-huh. Bow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know what that was. Was that butthole? Yeah. Okay. Bow. 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 It just got kind of slid out of my mouth. Wow. Those are all some pretty fuckable movies that you just listed. But I, th- I th- you know, I actually was thinking, even though we've talked a lot about some of this kind of the the interesting things Marvel has done with what they've set up. Oh yeah. It is interesting to note that it, you know, we were talking about maybe the style is getting a little tired, and that maybe one of, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe in a few years it will seem like they're just churning out the same, sure, same thing over and over again. Yeah. Right now it seems like they have a plan, but yeah, I mean, I can the fatigue. Of it being not just so many superhero movies, but so many kind of middling superhero movies in yeah. a row. Yeah. Did uh, Did you guys read this week that uh, Hugh Jackman was saying he wasn't sure if he was going to be Wolverine again? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get I, it. That breaks my heart because I think he was born to he be Wolverine. Was incredible. But especially I, the older he gets, like it's like Wolverine getting older. Yeah. It, is, it, is it, a it cool seems thing. to be aging with the character appropriately. Had the movies been good. See, I guess maybe that's the one reason why I didn't hate the Wolverine was because I still like him as Wolverine. Oh yeah. And I thought that he had great moments as the character in that movie, but the that movie was so so full of problems, and particularly that last act was oh. just nonsense. But yeah, no, it, it it's. It's weird that they pull on all these decades of mythology and stories and they can't scrape together a decent story for a yeah, two-hour movie. You know? shit on it. That's, I don't know. Even if it's not that they're desecrating some great thing, it's just there are so many stories to choose from and they always end up choosing like a weird hodgepodge. They make all these weird adaptation choices and, you know. Yeah, bad stuff. But yeah, he's played him what? Seven times now? Like, it's... Yeah. I think so, yeah. Well, with, uh, with uh, the Days of Future Past next year, I think it's going to be seven times. Sheesh. Yeah. So what do you wish for for Hugh Jackman? This next one, Days of Future Past. I hope it's I hope it's good. I hope Just that. do more movies like Prisoners. Yeah. yeah. Get get more into that if you're not going to do Wolverine. Yeah. Good good pick. I agree yeah. with everyone you chose. I Thank think. Thank you, man. Um, my last bah humbug <laughs> is going to go to. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Kick Ass Two mm. only with the with the sentence that you said was basically talking yourself into liking the movie yeah. more than you actually did. And my bah humbug is geared more towards not je- not directly at you two, mm-hmm. but to the moviegoer who makes a decision on a film. And again, not mm-hmm. to you guys. Don't don't be don't be. No, we're watching. Offended. We're watching closely. Um, to the film goer that basically says, "Oh, that's Nick. That's a Nicholas Wendell reference film. That's a Wes Anderson movie. I'm gonna love it." Mm-hmm. And they go see it, and it's a piece of shit. And they still say they love it. Specifically, I remember a text conversation with Mr. Ronald James as they're seeing Only God Forgives. And, I like And, and John is, the, you know, he plays the yeah. middle of this one. But Ronald saying that he loved Only God Forgives. I have a text message I will gladly post to our Facebook page that Please stated it. this. I, I love it. <laughs> you, you still say you love I ride, it. I, I ride with that decision, man. Right. So, I mean, here's what I'm getting at. I just feel like, and I said it when we talked about that movie. Yeah. I, I can't help but feel like, and again, not directly at you guys. But I talk to a lot of people and read a lot of people's reviews online mm-hmm. where what they say about a movie, 
I don't know what the fuck they were watching. Yeah. Because I feel like what they're saying is what they wanted from it or what they think should have been in the film. Yeah. And or what that filmmaker has basically created in their catalog of films that is like their thing. You know, like with with uh, only God forgives. I don't, I don't know if it's like it's intentional that it's not going to make sense or that mm-hmm. I forget exactly what you said on our podcast, but yeah. it was like, and that the comment you make, I, I can get that, right? But it's almost like I feel well, like, that doesn't make it good. I'm just saying, I, exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm not saying you're making a, a cause for it to be good. Mm-hmm. It's just that mindset to me is like I'm going to say that so that it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, or that, it, uh, that it's yeah, good yeah. to me. I got you. Yeah. So that I can tell you that I loved it. Yeah. You know, and not that I dislike Wes Anderson, because I do like Wes Anderson quite a bit. But I mean, like, his films are another example of everything that comes out. I mean, he has basically become, like, you know what his movie's going to be, uh, in most cases, like, front to back. You See, know? I would disagree with that only in the sense that, to me, it's like seeing, okay, like, Ray Fine or someone like mm-hmm. that. To me, the fun is, oh, a new actor playing in this sandbox so right. it's like yes there's a style that he does again and again but a i don't think he really makes the same movie over and over again that there's different themes but the other yeah. side of that would be that if you like that style the fun is seeing what's he going to do now what kind of characters is he going to create now right. so i guess the only thing i I'm, I'm like right there with you up to that point where it's like i can't suppose why someone else likes what they like i can't tell someone else you you you're telling yourself that you like that you know sometimes you can see that someone's doing that and sometimes the movie's so bad. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted Hook to be good. And I went to the theater, and I remember... You didn't I, like Hook? Well, I oh, no, Hook. no. I love Hook. Yeah, I think I younger Hook. people liked Hook, and older people seem to not like it. Right, but I don't know. Right, maybe right. I'm making a generalization. But I remember wanting to like it so bad, and <laughs> and actually getting into an argument with my girlfriend, because mm. she was like, that was not good. And I was like trying so hard to love it, you know? Yeah. And I, so I, I'm always really watchful of that trait. And we talked about this a little bit with like, uh, when we were talking about being a fan of something, and whether that makes you... Right. Like, sets you up to like it more or less. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm definitely guilty... Of what I don't think is really even guilty, I just I'm definitely aware that I will I will go in there with high expectations because I like a filmmaker. But yeah, you have to be able to admit if it didn't like not to because what you're talking about is like a particular kind of defensiveness. Yes, where, where people don't want to hear that something wasn't good, and you can kind of see them fighting not to let the light in on their the truth that they, that they're pretending they don't feel. That's it. I'm not saying that you can't be subjective and like what you like. Right. That's not my point. My point is what you just said. Yeah. It's like when there has to be an acceptance or an acknowledgement that objectively, yeah. This I don't know, this mm-hmm. script was horrible or or this performance was if it's an actor even that you yeah. love, this was horrible or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just find more and more often, you know, then there's a select handful that I feel like it always comes up with that I feel like people are just like they don't want to hear mm-hmm. the possibility of something not being good with that person's name in the yeah. same sentence. I think people are a little more hardcore like that, that about Quentin Tarantino. Like, I can say I think, that I, I see a movie. Time. I'm like, fuck that movie. I didn't yeah. like that movie. I yeah. didn't like uh, his first one, Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Right. I did not like that. that movie, man. And some people will... I think I think one of the things is I'm at an age now where like I can look at something and tell the beats of the movie yeah. in a trailer and yeah. say oh, I'm gonna like this movie. Yeah. I think that's why now now why now you see me surprise me so much. Yeah. Because I'm like I normally I'm pretty good with beats of, of a trailer. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna I hated it right. towards the I like completely fucking hated. And it. And I'm guilty to a point myself like you know like you were saying John like Steven Spielberg is like my one of my favorite filmmakers. And you mentioned you mentioned Hook, and I'm just like, yeah. okay, well, I loved Hook, yeah. fucker. <laughs> Back up. No, but I mean, it's not that I can't acknowledge that some of his movies are not good, because I'll say that. Mm-hmm. It's just that if I have a conversation with you, I'm not going to tell you 
that uh, I don't I can't even I don't know mm-hmm. off the top of my head what what I would use as an example that that film A that he made was like not his best movie of all time yeah. you know or people that don't like certain parts of War of the Worlds like yeah. I can acknowledge the parts that aren't good right. but I can still say that I like that movie mm-hmm. but I, I I do know that. Tim Robbins was like fucking crazy in that movie, and it was like probably the worst part of the movie. Yeah, you know I can make that acknowledgement, but a lot of people will not let that conversation happen because it has anything to do with that filmmaker or yeah. that actor yeah. or whatever it is. That's the specific thing, and, and you kind of helped me clarify it a little well, bit. Well, I would say the only other side to that, I almost put one of my bah humbugs was going to be towards uh, hipster hatred yeah. or hipster backlash because <laughs> that I might th- be me. Then, well, no, I was going to say though that like, and I, again, I I'm kind of doing the same thing you were doing is to say, I'm not really directing this at you because I think that you... I mean, I, we, we have these discussions, and so it's good that we're not in total agreement about everything. Sure. But And I don't think of you as a person who's thoughtless about it. But I do think there's this... As much as you are saying there are people that line up to suck Wes Anderson's cock when he right. makes a movie, I would say there's just as many, or more that I hear, who go, oh, great, another one of his fucking movies. And I always wonder who those people are. Right, you know, like, right. why are those people wasting so much energy? Right. So I feel like it's there's two sides of that. I think what it is is... One is that, yeah, the sort of, both of both people in that equation are kind of a little insecure. The person who's going, oh, great, is probably maybe someone who doesn't quite get what Wes Anderson is trying to do and is, right. feels a little left out and feels like they have to tear it down. And I feel like that's just as false of a, of a, a point to come at it from as the person who says, uh, oh, great, give it to me. You know, and I think it's the, the difference for me is between saying, this looks really good, and I already know what my favorite is going to be. You know, when someone says yeah. something like that, you want to be like, no, you don't. Yeah, no, that's you don't. it. That's it. And it's it's kind of like, I mean, especially with so many of these movies that we've been talking about, you have fans that are built in from other things like superhero movies. You have yeah. fans. From, I mean, like, yeah. the reason why I can find anything at all in The Wolverine is because I grew up reading comics about Wolverine, sure. yeah, yeah. and they got a few things right. Definitely. But if I step back and look at it as a movie, I can't dispute that it was just, like, definitely it was not a movie that I came out of going... Yeah, great movie. You know, I didn't yeah. let go. You guys didn't see. I, I pumped my fist. Uh, but no, it's just, yeah, I think it's interesting, though. I feel like this topic is one that that it seems like it could come back around because inevitably there's going to be another one of those movies where, you know, there's a style involved and you either, you're either like, you're either like ready and waiting for that person to make another movie or you're hoping that movie, that person never makes another movie yeah. kind of thing. I guess, I guess like with Wes Anderson specifically, and he's not the only one, I just, the one that comes up a lot because we talk about him a lot. I am a fan of his, and yeah. I do like a lot of his films. Uh, I guess my only thing with him is like you know I think it's thematically he may introduce new things in in some of his movies. A lot of them have to do with like youthfulness and innocence and things like that. But stylistically, I like to see a filmmaker do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you we know what your sweet spot is. Like what else can you do? Like yeah. what else can you bring to the table in terms of the art itself? You know, his his films are beautiful if 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 you're looking for that kind of film. Yeah. But can you do anything else? And that's that's my question about him all the time. Like. I I uh I love the Fantastic Mr. Fox because it was like it was it was a Wes Anderson movie, but it was different. Like yeah. it felt different, even though it had the same quirk to it. It was it was an animated and it, it had different vibes to it and a style to it yeah. that I liked. And I mean, and, and all joking aside, that 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 spoof horror film mm-hmm. on SNL, yeah. I would see that. I mean, as, as jokingly as they <laughs> no, made if that, if Wes Anderson made a a slasher film. I That's would it. be on board for yeah, it too. No, exactly. No, no I, but I, here's what I think happens. I think he starts off with a different idea and a different conceit that feels different to him. Yeah. And just because he's him and he's got his you know, people and his machine, I don't think it's like he's surrounded by yes men and no one challenges him. I just think it's like it is a style he seems very happy working sure. in. I don't know. I would be interested to see what he would do if he ever totally broke from that style. But I also don't begrudge him working in that style because I don't think anybody does it 
like him, and I don't think anybody who works in that kind of style does it quite as well sure. as he does. But again, it's easy to see if someone doesn't like his style, it's easy to see why they can't handle his movies is because, and I'm not saying that about you, but I mean, it's easy to see because his style is all over the place. If you don't like his style, you're just going to be suffocated by it in one of his movies. And if you do, then no one can convince you that that repetition or whatever isn't, isn't kind of worthwhile. But yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting. I think that it's a, like particularly, he really seems to get that. You know what I'm talking about? That hipster, that anti-hipster backlash. Yeah. But so your bah humbug is just towards, how would you phrase that? Just, um, I, I don't know. Fanboy defensiveness. Fanboy defensiveness, <laughs> willing, unwilling to accept reality. <laughs> bah humbug. Steve's saying, "Come down from your ivory towers, all you take twee, your twee take your frameless hipster. glasses yeah. off. Mm. I mean, your your lensless glasses off, whatever. <laughs> your your big scarf that wraps around your neck twenty times and still hangs all the way down your body yeah. on both sides. Yeah, take it off. Yeah." That's my last one, John. What, what do you got to finish it out? All right, my last one. We actually touched on it a little bit, and you touched on it a little bit. It's 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 perfectly organic. Um, I I just wrote down the inverse relation of budget to quality. Oh man! And I was noticing oh, when I was making my year end list that every time I would remember a movie that ended up in my top ten, and I would put it in there, I started off with a mix of like big budget movies and smaller movies in the top ten, right. just because that feels right. Sure. But then as I remembered movies and I moved things around, and I was like, which movie did I like better? Which movie did I like better? I found that the f- I almost wanted to. I didn't have time to do this. I wanted to actually find the budgets and the grosses of all the movies and see what. But it was like I was to like number fifteen or sixteen before I got to a movie that I considered to be. A big budget movie. Wow. And that was in a summer where I liked, I mean, I think I liked Iron Man 3 a little bit better than you guys, or at least parts of it, um, but I didn't think it was a good movie. You know, Thor, I thought was mediocre at best. Um, Pacific Rim was good, but it's it didn't like get its hooks in my soul, and like I don't sit around thinking about the implications. It's, it's fun to watch, but it's not a movie that really sunk its teeth into me. And then there's all these movies like The Spectacular Now. And in Inside Lewin Davis and, uh, you know, Steve's favorite movie, Francis Ha, that to me did not need budget to pull off what they pulled off. You know, right, like right. what they did was so interesting. And it's like I'm always I always think of myself as someone who like straddles that line. And I'm not even talking about really small, really indie movies that, you know, that aren't, you know, by big name directors like Noah Baumbach and, and Alexander Payne and such like it's, it was just interesting to note how many of the movies that I really loved and that really stuck with me, we talked about it a little bit when we talked about Francis Ha, but it was strange that none of the movies that, I mean, I would have thought one of those big tentpole movies would have been one of my favorites of the year, but not even in the top 15, and maybe by the time some of these movies in the next few weeks come out, maybe not even in the top 20. Yeah. I mean, uh, a, a, that makes me feel like an adult. But, <laughs> but it explains it also, the bladder issues. But Yes, right. <laughs> well, maybe these movies are, yeah, we're talking about, you know, a lot of those big blockbuster movies half. are two and a half hours. Some of these smaller dramas are like an hour 40. Yeah, they might be right. more at my speed. But I also think it's just that the storytelling, the acting, and the, the, the kind of what you're talking about, innovative styles, people trying yeah, something different, different. It seems like it happens in these smaller movies, and it, it makes me feel sad that these big movies that so often can, when I think about something like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that, which is a huge movie, but it, it connects and it resonates on these other levels. I don't know, you know, I mean, last year I was pretty excited about the way that Avengers successfully kind of bridged that gap between a big Hollywood movie and an actual well-made movie, but I wouldn't even say that that, that didn't have like themes that stuck with me in a major deep right. way so it's been a long time since a really big major movie has had has had that kind of resonance so yeah I, I, I don't know I was kind of it's like it's one thing to say it's I'm glad all these small movies are so good but it's kind of a bummer to realize that these movies that you that you do see on the horizon and that you want to kind of look forward to that 
that more often than not, they're disappointments, you know. Yeah. And even if you enjoy them two weeks later, you they've kind of it's like junk food, you know. It just leaves your system. So it's. Yeah. I agree. I, th- I just think that those movies, some of those movies, just suck. Like I, this, there's something that gets lost a lot of the times when you're bringing in that much money. So that much money means you're trying to appease a bigger demographic and that sometimes means sacrificing and it usually means the date the release date was set before before, before the, the, the camera started yeah, rolling yeah. too yeah. you know and that means that well i used to work in the video game industry and that it was the same same way before Are you dig dug <laughs> they were <laughs> i thought i recognized that voice dig dug they make these these games that didn't have patches right yeah and they they put them out so they meet these dates and then worry about putting out the patches later. So like it'd be these awful, awful things, mm-hmm. half-ass products put out because the the shelf date was set, and it happened all the time. It still it gets it still happens more than ever, because there's budgets and and marketing and all that stuff that people allocate funds for, and if they aren't seeing the the light of day, it's that they aren't winning. So they have to put it out at this given time. It's just kind of a shitty thing. The silver lining of what you're talking about, John, I think is like if you look ahead, I mean, even into this crazy summer that will be 2015, a lot of these smaller films that have been on maybe some of our list the past year, two, three years, a lot of these big budget films, though, do have some of these indie directors attached to them. Moving on to them, yeah. So that's kind of exciting. Um, You know, we talked about like the guy that did uh, Safety Not Guaranteed Mm -hmm. working on the new Jurassic Park film. Um, is it Josh is it, Trank? Josh did, Trank. Who did Chronicle is doing Fantastic Four. Yeah. Right? Um. The, uh, who's doing Godzilla? Um. What did he do? I, it's, yeah. Oh God damn it. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, the new trailer for Godzilla. The mm-hmm. teaser came out. I mean, that looked. I thought the trailer for that looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. I mean, I think that's the only thing you can take away. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's a definitely an inverse relationship to this. But... I mean, I think of myself as someone who gets excited about these big movies, sure. and it's just weird that they don't stick to the ribs. And then something like Spectacular Now, which I was like, oh, this might be good. Is I mean, I think about it all the time. I yeah. think about those characters. That all movie the time. was amazing. Yeah. Uh. You're absolutely right. And I mean, I think that that's what's exciting is that maybe. Maybe there's an in between. Maybe there's a yeah. you know a sweet spot like where people can or a studio rather could find these up and coming these exciting filmmakers that aren't just going. Oh, you hope that they're not just going for a big paycheck, but I mean that can get their hands on a property like a Jurassic Park or a Godzilla or a Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and 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 add something to it. You know, make it make break that break that poor expectation that we've kind of come to expect. Unfortunately, yeah, like maybe somehow secretly, like yeah, to make a personal film with that backdrop and with those yeah. with those pieces let, let the can... studio pay for you to make this amazing mm-hmm. huge blockbuster film that is actually a, a character drama or something like that you mm-hmm. know what i mean that that would be exciting to me and uh something different to see i think at the theater so maybe maybe we can look forward to that uh but, but that's a that's a good point though but for now bah humbug inverse relation of budget yeah. to quality how dare you bah fucking humbug <laughs> did anybody have anything that almost made their list but didn't I almost put Adam Sandler on my list again, but then I remembered Ronald had it last Damn, year. I, like, I had Jason Bateman's movie career and Marvel's Agents that of is Shield. Such a good uh, Jason Bateman one. <laughs> as as two possibilities. Jason Bateman was perfect. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? I I, if I could go back to Actor Jail, if we revisit Actor Jail, I know I'm. He's going in. He's going Sorry, in. Jason. Twenty five uh, to life. One other thing. Last time we did this, we actually 
threatened. I think you at the end of the episode, Steve, you mentioned to our to our listeners yeah. that if they didn't get on the stick and hit iTunes, yeah. leave a lot of reviews. Yeah. I'm looking. There have not been a lot. There's not been a lot of review activity in the last year. Mm. So, Maybe they should have been one of our. So I'm thinking we should have bah humbugged them, but I'm going to say collectively bah humbug. I'm going to say that because I know we do have an influence on these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say you have another year. You have another chance, listeners. Yeah. You, <laughs> this is your last one. Yeah. Go to iTunes, look up Movie Schmovie, and just leave a review. A nice, you know, uh, hopefully you listen because you like us. Leave mm-hmm. a nice starred review, and next year you won't be bah humbugged. Um, but uh, I've been meaning to mention this to you guys. This actually is a plus. This might be a nice note to go out on after all the negativity. Uh, when we did our Thanksgiving episode, you know, sure. we, we, we said we were thankful for quite a few things. I know for a fact our, our, our friend of the show, what does it take to be a friend of the show? Do they have to be on the show <laughs> at some point? Sure. Or can it just be someone that we've mentioned by name on the mentioned show? Mentioned by name. Bobby Lee. Called in. No. You know, whatever. Patrick, friend uh, of the show Patrick, after hearing the Thanksgiving episode, he said he was really inspired by the things you and I said mm. to like move forward in his life. He actually made like a life change. What? He was feeling inspired. There was a relationship in his life that was kind of teetering on the brink between one state and another, and he went ahead and moved forward and took the plunge because we had our sort of carpe diem up with life message. And he said he also made a grilled cheese. Most importantly... <laughs> You're welcome, Patrick. Yeah, I know. I, I told him that was great, huh? In the same night. I don't know if it was in the same night. I'll have to After get some the clarity. decision was made, what it's goes like, better than it with an integral cheese? Yeah, so now that's that to me is the that is the uh, that's the barrier of entry to you. If you want if you're a uh, movie movie super fan, mm. you need to tell us how we've changed your life in yes. a tangible way. Please. Yes. That'd be great. Congrats, Patrick, by the yes, way. Yes, right. Congrats. On the grilled cheese and on, you know, the, the positive life changes. Yeah, the whole life thing yeah. is good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. Great episode. Yeah, a lot of things to be pissed off about, <laughs> but in a few episodes we'll be talking about a lot of good things. Yeah, we'll be turning Thankfully. it around. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, with that said, happy holidays to everybody. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I'm think you'll be probably hearing us before the new year, hopefully again. Yes, hopefully we'll get one more in. But if not, then yeah, it might be. It might we might miss a week around the holidays. But I'm yeah. thinking we'll be back next week with a new one. Yeah, but uh, if we don't, happy holidays and yeah. uh, safe travels. Anybody traveling around for family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, MovieSchmovie.net, Facebook.com slash MovieSchmovie. Uh, feel free to contact us at MovieSchmovie at gmail.com if you have questions, suggestions, compliments, criticism, anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you have a great recipe for a grilled cheese, I'm open to whatever. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you. And like John said, please go to the iTunes page. You can subscribe. Even if you get the listening pleasure from a different site like Mixcloud or SoundCloud, whatever, the reviews are really helpful. The star ratings are really helpful. Anything you can do to help us kind of get up that list of movie podcast search results. Because I think we're one of, what, three or four movie podcasts There's only a couple there. out there, but we yeah, got some, we got some yeah. stiff competition. Right. Um, but as always, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, you've made our day. I wish it was.